Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. Interesting, interesting few weeks we have had. It's been an interesting summer, hasn't it? We, uh, I've been... Um, had the opportunity in the last few weeks to speak to a number of people. And it seems, it seems that a common theme in a lot of our lives is asking the question, why are my prayers not being answered? Is that... Oh, I thought you were clapping. It's like <laughs> she's slapping the baby's butt. Why are my prayers not being answered? Why, why are the promises that God has given me not coming into fruition? Why is it that I can't, whatever. Why, and it's, it's like the, it's the question, the unanswerable question of why. Have you ever thought of the, the, word, the question why? It, it never answers itself. Well, why, why is this? And then you give an answer. Well, why? And, and it brings to mind, like, when our kids were little, and you would, they would ask a question, and they would go, why? Because this is, this is, this is, this. Why? Well, because this and this and this. Why? This, because, blah, blah, blah. Why? Why? And you just absolutely go insane because it's the same question that they could do. Well, why is that? Why? 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 And so it's really, it's, 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 it's one of those parenting nightmares when your kid, all he asks is why. Because you don't have an... It gets to the point where it's like, because I said so. Well, who made you boss? Well, thank you for not saying why. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's true. I think we're going through... We've, there's a lot, of, a lot of promises out there that have been spoken over us as a people, as an individual, as individual families. And it's been, it's been very difficult to continue to walk through life because we're like, well, where's the promise? Where's the fulfillment of the promise? Where's the fulfillment? God said, if God said this, how come I'm not seeing this promise? I want this promise. I want this fulfilled. I need this fulfilled. I need to go on. And I, but, I, but we're focusing on the promise. Deanna and I are in the same boat right now. Like, I mean, a year and a half, almost, yeah, a year and a half ago, we received like the fifth or the sixth prophetic word about God's going to give you a new house. God wants to give you this big house. Make a list. And we had several people from around the world giving us, you need to do this. You need to, you need to, like, he's got this for you. And so finally, and you know the story. I'm just going to recap a little bit. You know, like last spring, a year ago, when Steve and Wendy were here, we had one of their team give us this detailed prophetic word about a new house for you, and it's big, and it's going to be set up for ministry and all this stuff. And, but, but then we realized, okay, fine, we're going to do something about it. And we started to prepare, and it's taken us a year, and it's come, I think it was April or May, it was a year anniversary of that prophetic word, and we were at the place with the house rentals and everything, and it was like, I think it was beginning of June, we put the house up on the market. And I honestly believe, I believed. I'm like, everybody said, oh, it's going to sell. It's going to sell quickly. It's going to sell. And we're like, yes. 
The market is hot right now. There are real estate agents like, oh, yeah, guys are not going to have any problem. Well, here we are. End of August, and it hasn't sold. And I was like, dang, what is going on? Why? And then I found myself going, why? Why? Why is this like, what it do? What it, and then and you start to internalize, well, maybe I did something wrong. And it's like, no, you know what? A promise is not, is not hinged on whether you do something right or wrong because the promise is always yes and amen. The promise, right? And we sang that song today about yes and, you know, yes and amen. And there's like two categories. There's two ways to look at it. Either he did say it and you heard it and you believe it or it wasn't him. It wasn't the father saying it because if he's saying it, the promise will happen. If he didn't, then it won't. And that's kind of a sobering thing to understand is like, if you hear something and you think you heard from the Lord and you, you heard what, like, wow, this is, this is good. Now in our case, like seriously, five or six different people from around the world are giving us the same word. So I'm thinking, hmm, it's probably him. Friend of mine um, in the States, they lived in, I think it was Phoenix or somewhere in Arizona. And they owned a house there and they owned a house in Redding. And um, I don't know the whole story, but they've ended up moving to Redding and buying a a different house. And she's going to BSSM and, and her husband is working. And they have two houses now that they're trying to sell. And she, she posted the other day and she says... Um, how did she put it? I know this isn't bothering you, God, but I have two houses that are needing to be sold. And then she says, the Lord replied saying, yes. Uh, no, I, okay, I messed that up. I, have to, I know it doesn't bother you. And she says, yes, you're right. It doesn't bother me. Why is it bothering you? Hmm. And time and time again in our situation, the Lord has said, okay, I've got this. Do you trust me? And it boils down to when we're actually contending for promises, it actually boils down to us actually just saying, do you have this? Great. I trust you. I trust you. So I'm like, well, this is really good. What is God most concerned about in our lives? What do you think God is most concerned about in our lives? Our relationship. Heart connection. Is he concerned about sin? No, he's not. No, he's not. I don't believe he's concerned about sin because if we have heart connection with him, sin is not an issue. It all boils down to like, so you, it, it's not an issue. Sin, sin happens. It's like, it happens, we, we do it, we ask, get forgiveness for it. But he's like, he's like, yeah, but that's not who you are. You, you did that, but that's, who you are is his son or daughter. And he wants that heart connection. And so when he gives us a promise, it's almost, it, well, not almost, it, it's a time that, that we can say, well, I trust you. That's an amazing promise. And I know that that's from you because I know your voice and I'm going to hang on to that. I'm going to hang on to it. I'm going to hang on to it. And he's like, okay, well, you can hang on to that promise. 
And you can focus so much on that promise that you're actually missing out on life. Oh. How many of us can attest to that, that we focus so much on the promise that we miss the present? Right? I want to look at Genesis. We're going to start at Genesis, and we're going to work our way. We have, have about a half an hour. Starting Genesis, I'm going to work my way through to Revelation and see if we can do it. Just kidding. What God is most concerned about is our, our relationship with him, is our heart connection. And what he's really concerned about is, are we willing to say yes to him? regardless of situations. Does that make Does that? It's our yes to him. Deanna and I had an opportunity on Friday. First of all, back up. If, um, if you've got your Bibles or iPads or iPhones or whatever, we're going to start in Genesis 11. So just kind of mark that, find that. I'm going to read a few things. Deanna and I had an opportunity this last Friday to uh, travel to Invermere, we met a pastor, uh, a pastor couple. They pastor a church called, uh-oh, I think it's Kingsgate, or maybe not. Anyway, I'm really bad with names. Um, but they're from Cochrane, and they are, um, they are they, the church has been around for about 37 years, and, but they are connected with Bethel. They're, 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 they're kind of like us. And um, I met, we met through some... Um, uh, <laughs> wow. Thank you. <laughs> Still in my words. We met through a common acquaintance, and then we just developed this relationship. And they, they said, we want to meet you face-to-face. So they said, would you meet us halfway? And we we're like, sure. So they came to Invermere. They actually traveled two and a half hours from Cochrane, and then we went up for lunch. And we spent like two and a half hours with them. And it was amazing to see that their story, their history in the Lord almost mirrored ours. We were a little bit older than them, we're, you know, but, but just what had happened. And there was knitting, and we were talking about promises. And Matt says to me, he says, you know, the Lord called us to do something. We were going to plant a church in Nelson. And in and, and this vision that he had in this, in this idea, and it was like the Lord's like, I just really feel the Lord's on this. And it was, an, it was a passion for him. And they, 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 they closed their business, and they were, good at, they, were, they were selling their house. And they were going to move to Nelson. They were going to start something that was, that was bigger than, they, than them. And, and then the Lord gave them an opportunity to take over the church that they're at now. His father actually founded it. And, and, uh, and his father says, I think this is for you. And he's like, no, 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 no. God has called us to do this. We're going to BC. We're going to do this. And he's like, well, maybe pray about it. And so Matt went to the Lord and he says, like, you gave me this vision. You gave me this promise. Like, this is, this is who we are. This is like, this, this just gets us excited. And he felt the Lord say to him, he's like, I gave you that vision, but I wanted to see where your yes was. And that still may happen, but are you willing to lay it down in favor of the now? Ooh. Does that contradict the promise? No. It just means that it's later. And I got thinking about things that all of us are walking through. What those promises are. 
Some of us are dealing with cancer. Some of us are dealing with homes not selling. Some of us are dealing with debt. Some of us are dealing with other health issues. Some of us are dealing with relationship issues. Some of us are dealing with whatever it is. But there's always a promise in that, and there's also always process. So I got thinking about Abraham. And that's where I kind of want to start just looking at some of these promises. Okay, keep just loaded up and I'll stop. There you are. Stream just died. Anybody have a good joke? Technology. Wonder why it dies. You don't know what you have until you don't have it, and then you realize there's probably something out there that's better, and you're like, why did we even do this? No. <laughs> Might require some more investing into better equipment. You ready? Okay, so where was I? What did I last say? Abraham. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad you're following. Are we good? All right. So I want to look at Abraham. Did you realize Abraham, and he wasn't Abraham, he was Abram. He was 70 years old when the Lord first appeared to him and told him to get out of his land. 70 years old. How many 70-year-olds do we have in the house this morning? Okay, so all right, here we go. So the Lord's saying to you guys, get out. No, I just says, get out of the land. <laughs> Could you imagine actually uprooting at your age, uprooting your entire family to go somewhere that you're like, I don't know why we're going here, but, the, but there's a promise. So he's 70, and this is in Genesis 11, 27 to 32, the Lord appears to him and says, you know, take your whole family. So then in Genesis 12, um, Genesis 12, uh, he was 75. What? It's dead again? Oh, I bent over. Um, <laughs> Genesis 12, it says, The Lord says to Abram, Leave your country and your people and your father's household and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you, and this is the covenant that, that God gave Abram. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I, and I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. Okay, so Abram took that promise and went with it. How many times does God speak to us a promise, and then we just kind of stop? And wait for the promise to fulfill itself. But he didn't. He says God gave him some actual instructions. Get up, go. So he got up and he went. But this promise was contingent on what? I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you... What's the matter? Um, and you will be a blessing. So what is that? What is, we know this. This is not a hard thing. What is, what is this promise contingent on? Him leaving, him having children. 
I will make you a great nation. When he dies, if he doesn't have a son or a son in this case, end of promise. He's SOL, right? So, um, so he continues on. He says he left the land, and and then when he was eighty-five, so ten years later, okay. Think of this. Stay with me. Ten years, Abraham traveled, went into a new land, was prosperous, had lots of sheep, lots of goats. Everywhere, prosperity. He had to split up with Saul or Lot. You know, like there was just, if you read it, it's just this. He, he went into the land and he was prosperous. Except what? He had no kids. He's like, Lord. And so it's like the first time, like we don't see any record in the Bible of, of, of Abraham going, okay, you said, you said. So it appears that Abraham, at this point, it's, he went from Abram to Abraham. It appears that he was actually content in just doing what God had called them to do. His wife Sarah was a little bit of a uh, was another was another story because she was getting stressed out, and so at eighty-five years old, she says to Abraham, "Looks like God's not doing His promise. Maybe there is a better way." And so she took the promise and she said, here's my slave. Well, the Bible is actually is a woman servant, which is the, equals the same. Here's my slave from Egypt. Take her and maybe she'll bear you a son. And then fulfill the promise that the Lord gave. And he's like, cool. Get to sleep with another woman. I'm okay with that. Let's just call it what it is, right? And so he did. And nine months later... Out pops who? Ishmael. Right? And changes the face of humanity forever. The whole, whole conflict that we have today between the, Arab, between the Muslims and the, and, the, and the Christian nations is based on this. Thousands of years later, the conflict that we have today is because one person said, I have a better plan than God. And so she constant, she tried to fulfill that promise. So then at 99, so we got 14 years later in Genesis 18, three, three angels appeared to Abraham and, and wanted to have a sit down and said, hey, you know what? God promised you a son, didn't he? And you guys can look at that if you, I gave you the, the, the reference, Genesis 18, starting in verse 10. Three angels come and they sit down and said, hey, you're going to have a son. And, and Sarah's in the background going, I don't think so. And she starts to laugh. And, and the angel's like, well, why are you laughing? Oh, I didn't laugh. And he's like, no, in a year, we're going to come back and you're going to have the fulfillment of that promise. So at 100, and, at 100 years old, 25 years after the original promise, the promise was fulfilled with Isaac, the birth of Isaac. And we get twitchy if we have to wait a week or a month or three months or a year. Did God really say that? And it's almost like the enemy comes in and says, did God really say? 
Did God really say? And at that point, we have to be solid in our understanding of who the Father is and who and what his promises are to us. And we stand and we go, yes, he really did say. Well, how come he's not showing up yet? I don't know. I don't care. Because, and we sang it this morning, his promises are what? Yes and amen. Abraham is an amazing picture of how we can actually see the progression of of the promise in the process. Abraham did not concern himself with the promise as much as he did his process and doing the things that God had called him to do. And he just did it. And there was favor on his life and there was wisdom and there's, and he made mistakes and he, he lived, he had, he, he, he just did. And how many of us have been hung up because it was like, well, there's a promise and I'm just going to, I'm just hanging on to that promise. But what are you doing in the meantime? What are you doing in the meantime to, to just to live? To live your life because that promise will come back and everything you do or that promise will come into fruition. But everything you do is actually propelling you into that promise. So at 115 years of age, what happened in Abraham's life? We're not used to actually calculating ages. At 100, he had Isaac. At 115, what was the next big event in Abraham's life? He was called to sacrifice his son. And so we have these little pictures of these Bible stories of this little wee boy following his dad. And they actually figure it out. I don't know how they, who they are and how they did it. But they figure around he was about 15 because he was old enough to actually do some of the things that Abraham asked him to do. Like lead a horse and, or lead the the donkey or whatever it was and gather wood and basically prepare your own funeral pile. Stack the rocks. And and Abraham had come to the point and, and had seen with his eyes and knew his God and had a relationship with his God that, that he knew that whatever God asked him to do, his first response was yes. And even a yes followed by a but is better than a no, I will not. Yes, but are you sure? (laughs) Yes, I'll sacrifice my son, but my wife is not going to be happy. God, yes. Do you know how long we waited for this? Yes. But are you sure? You know what? I'm going to do it. So he takes his son up and they go up the mountain. And and this is in um, Genesis 22, 1 to 19 is the entire story of of Abraham trying or not trying, being obedient to a very bizarre act. And so many times people today says, well, if God is so good, why would he even want? And they all get all indignant. Why would God even want to sacrifice his son? And we're like, well, ask him. He'll tell you. I believe it's because God wanted to see where Abraham's heart was in the midst of a promise. How much did God trust or how much did Abraham trust God and how much did God trust Abraham? 
And it's the same thing with us. Are we going to hang on to the promises regardless of the circumstances? And in the midst of the circumstances, are we allowing God to work things out in our own hearts? I really believe that promises can actually be held up because we're not focusing on the present and what God wants to do with us. Because like I said in the beginning, God is more concerned about our heart connection with him than he is about him fulfilling a promise that just makes us feel good. I think there's, there's, there's factors, and it's not a matter of sin. Like, and I'm not saying, okay, if you have cancer and you're not getting healed, it's because God's dealing with you. No, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that in that season, until that promise comes, we live. And we, 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 we be prosperous, even in the midst of pain, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of we live and we allow the Holy Spirit to work that out in us. We allow him to get us back to our heart where our heart is connected with him and our heart is connected with others. Because if we leave in, our, in, in, our, in the wake of our being, if we're leaving in this wake and, and, and behind us is a wake of destruction based on our relationship with him, that's not effective. That's not a real representation of who the Father is. It's like Rock said earlier, it's like we need to be a member, uh, uh, we need to be uh, representing him well. That's, that's my way of saying what he said. As we represent who the Father is, if we're not doing it well, he's, he's a little bit concerned about that. But there's always the promise. I just want to, what time is it? Oh, we're good. You guys got a few more minutes in you? So here's an interesting number. From the birth of Isaac, who is the seed, until the law was fulfilled. Sorry, no, not the law. What did I write there? From the birth of Isaac, the seed until the law started. So the Mosaic law was 400 years. So I will make you a great nation took 400 years to, to see some of the fruition of that. And here we are today. 2,000 years later or 4,000 years later, humanity is, is based on that promise where I'm going to make your seed more prosperous than the stars in the sky or more multi, um, not prosperous than, you know what I mean. <laughs> So let's look at, I want to turn in just, uh, I want to look at Jeremiah 29. Bruce Merce, when he was here, he touched on this, and, and I thought it was an absolutely brilliant um, idea. And I looked at it a little bit more. And it fits into to us living our lives regardless of a promise. Okay, so let's look at Jeremiah 29, verse 4. And so the backstory of this is Israel has been in exile. They're in exile. They've just been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. And um, they're all in pieces. And the nation of Israel has been scattered. And there's this core group that have been, that have been taken. And um, Jeremiah was the prophet to these, to these guys. 
And they're like, when are we going to go home? When, how could God do this to us? And, and there was just a lot of whining going on and a misunderstanding. And Jeremiah just said he went before the Lord, and the Lord gave him a, um, this. And in verse 4 it says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those that I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And he says, build houses. And settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. Marry and, and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in your number there. Do not decrease. Also seek peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is where we get some of our declaration and where we say, as, this, as, as, this, as, we, as the city prospers, so will, she, will we. As we prosper, so will we, so, we'll, bleh, so will we see the city of Cranbrook prosper. Also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and the diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. And this is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. And in that famous verse that we all kind of quote out of context, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity, and I will gather you from the nations and the places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place for which I carried you into exile. And the Lord, and it goes on. The biggest thing there is when, we, when we, they had a promise, and the promise was, in 70 years, you're going to be good. But in the meantime, what I want you to do is focus on the promise and yearn and cry out and do nothing and just look at the promise and say, oh, someday, someday he's going to come back for me and someday, right? It's exactly what happened, isn't it? No, it's not. They were prosperous. They listened to the word. They had Sons and daughters, they married, they grew crops, they, they bought and sold, and they, they, they established a life for them because they were in the present. And I think that I really feel that we need to hear this as a people that we may not be seeing the fulfillment of promises that have been given to us, but we still have to exist. We have the hope that, yes, there's a promise that has been given and that it's going to be fulfilled. But at the same time, we have the charge to be fruitful and multiply in the place that we are today. And it's just, it's just kingdom. It's just how the kingdom works. It just is. 
So we can choose to just loll away and do nothing. Or we can hang on to the promise and at the same time be, be fruitful and multiply. And I'm not talking about having lots of kids, which obviously we, we do that pretty well around here. But being fruitful and multiplying is just is, is developing our, our who we are. It's getting an education. It's, it's, it's focusing on the future. If you're sick today, well, it's like, well, I'm still going to do this. I'm not going to let it stop. I remember, and I'm going to close in this, from my own life, um, I was probably two or three years old when my dad, my natural dad, received a diagnosis from the doctor that he had multiple sclerosis. And there was something in his heart that said, oh, good, now I can just relax and let society take care of me. And he did not fight for that. That is not a death, like that disease. In the 70s, it was a nasty disease. We did, they didn't understand it like they do now. But the doctor told him, if you quit drinking, you quit smoking, you eat right, you'll be fine. You'll be, um, you won't be 100%. I can't remember the word, but you're not going to die. You, it won't kill you. What my dad did was is like, no, society owes me. I'm going to just sit back and let the government pay for my care, whatever it was. And I remember as a young boy, I was probably five or six, and I see my, my dad, and he was in a wheelchair. And I watched the progression. He went from a cane to a wheelchair to being bedridden. And finally, when he died... He died in 1995. Pneumonia killed him, but it was because he let his body, he didn't fight. So from 70, let's say 1973 to 1995 was his life, and it was horrible because he didn't live his life. And I was like, wow, that's quite the legacy. Thanks, Dad. But I looked at that, and I'm going, whatever happens to me, I fight. I may not understand it, but I live my life. And I may make a mistake, but there's forgiveness for that. And that's the beauty of the kingdom. Does that make sense? So be encouraged this morning. I'm not this, you know, whatever happens, sometimes we just go, oh, that must not have been God's will. No. Like sometimes some things happen that we have to fight for. Some things happen, no, like, oh, you know, I had this job opportunity and it didn't work out. And somebody would say, oh, well, that must not have been God. No, I believe it was God. It's just sometimes it doesn't work out. Because we religify it so much that we go, well, that's God's will. And it's not God's will. But he leads us and he guides us. And we make choices. And I've said this before. In the kingdom, it's always a green light until it's a red light. But we've been taught that it's a red light until it's a green light, so don't do anything. No. It's a green light. Go, do, fight, develop, prosper, until he goes, oh, hold off there. Go off to the side. Come back in. Do whatever. And that's where heart connection comes in. That's why our heart with the Father is so much more important than just doing doing our own thing. Anyway, I could go on, but I'm not going to. So let's stand.
So I just feel the Lord saying to to us here today, the Lord's telling you, yes, there is a promise. Yes, there's a fulfillment to the promise. And until that promise is fulfilled, you do what you need to do to live. To have right relationships with your husband, your right relationships with your wives, with your kids, with your family, with your friends, with your pastor. You just are prosperous in those areas. Heart check. Is my heart right right now for the promise? Because I honestly believe when our hearts get right, the promises get fulfilled. And it's not a punishment thing. It's just he wants us to be connected so much that he's not concerned so much as the promise that he is our hearts. And I know that there's, like, I don't want to, I'm not getting into a theological thing about whatever. It's just, I just know that I am, as a dad, I am way more willing to give my kids everything when our hearts are right. But when they take me off, I don't want to give them nothing. And I'm not saying God's like that. I'm just saying that as a dad, as a personal dad, I'm much easier to to say yes. You can get me to say yes if you haven't um, ticked me off in the last hour. (laughs) And that's all I have to say about that. So, Father, I just thank you. I just thank you for this amazing group that you've brought here this morning. I thank you that each person in this room has a promise from you. They have a promise that you have spoken into their heart that they're looking for, that they're longing for. And at the same time, Father, I just thank you that they're in a season where they can prosper, that they can have life, that they can raise their families, that they have businesses that are going to prosper, that are prospering. And, and the promise that you have given them is not based on anything that they're doing, but it's a promise. And while they look to that promise, they still work. And they, they act, and they do, and they develop, and they, yeah. And that's, Father, that is amazing. So I release that more on them. Bless them, Father. I bless them in, in their comings and their goings. When they wake up in the morning, when they go to sleep, I pray for rest, new revelation, prosperity, and allow them to do life in the kingdom in Cranbrook this week. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.